0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another amazing and exciting episode of the smashed past yet not dashed podcast. Coming to you again from our amazing facility in Noida at the Gaurav Bhagat Academy. And who I have today as my special guest is someone you want to really be here for, listen in, watch, because rarely will you find someone who has such a wealth of experience and knowledge behind him. And the amazing things that he's been able to do, first in the armed forces and then in corporate life, and not only the things that he does for himself but the empowerment that he provides to those around him you must listen in to Colonel Sunil Prem so with that said we are now going to move on to Colonel Sunil Prem have you ever been knocked down and found it hard to get up have you ever been knocked down and bounced back to come back even stronger hi i'm Gaurav Bhagat and you can call me GB and welcome to the Smash bashed, yet not dashed podcast A fortnightly podcast where I speak about persistence, perseverance and overcoming the odds to come out ahead. So welcome, Colonel. Great to have you here. It is a pleasure and an honor to host you at our Humble Academy. And of course, been following your amazing work over the years. And um, like I said, it is an honor to have you here.
1: It's my absolute pleasure. Though right, right at the outset, I must say that if you're looking for wisdom, you got the wrong person. Yeah, if you're looking for experience, well, fine. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And no, always uh, very modest
0: and humble. Um, and of course, we met for the first time a few years ago, uh, which was uh, an interesting... Uh, you know, learning even for me, and we'll come to that in a short while. But I want to take you back right to the beginning. And we're talking about the eight-year-old Sunil Prem, right? And I, I know you talk about this moment fondly, where you want um, the best of performers uh, academically at the time. And then something happens. So, so let's, let's go back, you know, in time and talk about, talk about those times
1: first. You know, thank you so much once again for saying not so good a performer. Because if that's what you call the person who comes last in the class, well, agreed. <laughs> because that's where I was. And not once, consistently. Because I think I was I was always a dreamer. And you know, my parents trying to uh, catch this young guy who's still dreaming mm. and trying to fit him into the con- conventional schooling system. Right. I think that's where the mismatch was. Mm. But uh, I think at that stage, I learned... A lot. I had an elder brother, right. just about two and a half years old. Right, right. And very early on, I realized that to do well in life is not really difficult if you end up doing something that you like. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this sort of uh, learning, which did not, one, one didn't start classifying it as learning right. <laughs> till years later, you know, when right. you put things together. Right. But that, I think, was an extremely important moment in life. Uh, uh, courtesy my parents, brother, mm-hmm. that you know, you do what you like right. and if you do that, everything else follows. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: golden nugget of advice uh, right off the bat, so <laughs> thank you for that. And, and you mentioned about this and I was watching one of your other talks where you'd mentioned that it was perhaps a conversation with your father's elder brother that clipped the switch and then from being last. You know, you're, you're moving up the ranks and you're probably third in class after, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe a yeah. on that.
1: So, you know, the same thing. So uh, my parents decided to take things into hand and do something about it and enter my uncle, who incidentally was in the army. Right. And he uh, sort of made me write, he told me to flip my notebook to the last page mm-hmm. and he said, write, uh, you will come first. And as I mentioned the earlier earlier, this thing also, I actually didn't believe him. So I right. asked him innocently, hmm. Uncle third Nijamal, let's hmm. try third and <laughs> write something realistic. Hmm. What <laughs> this thing. So he shut me up. Whatever I did, I don't remember. But no. that year I landed up third. Well done. Right. From last in the class to third, in class, third or fifth or something is not a great deal. Right. But what impression it left upon you yeah. is the more important thing. Yeah. yeah. Because simultaneously with this was my brother telling me stop all this nonsense which parents are telling you mm. and start enjoying stuff and mm. he handed me an init bit like, mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and i was so fascinated i threw my hindi uh, no, uh, that novel no, mm. or something that right I was reading, right right and i got down to it and at that i remember that by the age of 10 11 i used to be finishing three books a day three and, books a day yeah wow. because that's what one did yeah So it's not necessarily, Mm. you know, working doesn't mean Mm. that you look at the end result. You enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. The end result comes.
0: So true. So true. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And something very interesting that you mentioned that you know, when you had this conversation with your uncle, he spoke about writing something down. You know, so hence it was almost the power of um Affirmations slash, you know, belief, uh, vision boarding, so to speak. Are you a big believer in that uh, ever since?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Though, uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of just putting it out there and sitting back. Nor does anybody advocate. Correct. I think it is just a question of firstly, being forced to focus. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because if you're all over the place, right. well you can't right. write all over the place on a board. You want to right. write one thing. Mm. When you've written that one thing, obviously you are a lot more focused than you were otherwise. Right. And when you are focused, yeah. it's somewhere in the brain, yeah. and somewhere it's working at the back of your mind. And right. whenever some opportunity comes your way, yeah. you're yeah. ready to chance, spit, dance, mm. as they say.
0: Mm. So true. And everyone's talking about this today. I mean, you talk yeah. about you know the gym quakes, uh, the ni Reals, I mean all the you know, so-called most followed, you know, authors uh, and speakers in the world today. That's exactly what, uh, you know, they're saying at the moment. So completely agree on the power of focus as well. So 16 years old and one day you decide that, okay, now I'm going to give uh, the services a shot. Um, What was that conversation like with your parents when you brought it up to them that, okay, I'm going to now look at pursuing a career in the army. Um, How did they actually react at that time?
1: Stunned silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because they Mm -hmm. had sent me off to... Uh, Bangalore, you go and, you know, appear in one of these entrances, the SSB, right. and it'll teach you something right. and the written was also in the same manner mm. and I came back, mm. days passed, I passed and uh, even then the realization didn't sink in. Right. But after a few days, I walked up to my parents and I said, look, I'm joining and there was this stunned silence. Mm. What? We sent you there for an experience. Mm. Why do you want to join the right. uh, uh, right. army, the yeah. military? Yeah. yeah. And my mother said, no way. I'll I'll not send you at all. Mm. Well, that furthered my, you know, further strengthened. and correct, correct. You are a rebel at that age. But to tell you the truth, uh, somewhere at the back of the mind, you also had these thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because I had seen my uncle, Mm -hmm. you know, I had whatever little one saw in those days. Correct. No social media and all. But there was this image of an army man or woman. So true. Yeah. Which was, you know, you have simple values to follow. Yeah. And what I've always believed in life, in the army, they give you a mission. Otherwise, you have to search for one. Mm-hmm. Their mission was offered to you on a plate, right. And you love that mission. Right. And you always felt in the armed forces, after I joined, right. you know, of course, initially I thought I'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to run away from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I <laughs> wanted to run away too. Right. But right. Uh, as you moved on, yeah. you realized that you were always doing something larger than yourself. It right. was not just about earning a salary or a survival right. Right. something. Mm-hmm. It was about doing something, yeah. you know, which made you part of something bigger than yourself. Correct. Correct.
0: Yeah, and I, I completely relate to the fact that you say that, you know, we felt like running away because, <laughs> I mean, while not in the same uh, boat, but as scenarios, it was also a tough environment, oh, yes. uh, you know, that we went to. And <laughs> I uh, keep remembering these instances where people were, you know, always... Looking to you know run back to their parents and, and all of that, but it must have been hard even when you went to the NDA first because a lot of these kids are coming in from scenic schools. They're coming in with a background where they've had a lot of that. Well, both mental and physical pre- preparations have been really there. But for you to be thrown into the midst of that, I mean,
1: surely can't be easy, right? Yeah, it was. See, uh, from a, you know a private school, you landed up in the midst of all these toughies mm. from scenic schools. Mm. Who seemed to know it all already, had been doing it for years. Yeah. And I, I remember a lot of scenarios were my uh, coursemates course course, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I, that's when I realized these military schools, Dune schools, Sanar, yeah. they all follow a very similar kind of a thing like in the NDA. And here I was, never done anything of the sort. Yeah. So naturally, <laughs> it was tough, is not the word for it. You remember that, uh, you know, one of these movies, Prahar.
0: Of course, it Nana parted parted it, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It got it pretty well when, you know, one of those guys lying down and he mm-hmm. says, you know, ko he says, <laughs> <"Ur jaaza." laughs> You know, because you're like, that. that tired most of the time. True that. That's the physical part. Yeah. But then yeah. there is the mental part. Of course. I won't call it the studies. The studies were there. The mental right. part is you have a group of a bunch of 16 to 20 year olds. Right. Right. And uh, they are dictating everything for you and right. every minute of yours is monitored. Right. And physically, of course, so it's, it's another world. world. Of, course. of course. So there, uh, you know, running was is one thing, but after a while, one decided that one said, I'm I've come on my own. Correct. Running though, is not an option. Mm. So you got to do something about it. Mm. And then you start uh, moving and right. uh, figuring out ways yeah. as to how to survive. Yeah.
0: So in fact, very interesting because when I was watching one of your other talks, uh, you mentioned something which, of course, uh, you know is is a very trending topic, and that's tiny habits. Um, and of course, you know while I'm also certified by BJ Fogg in tiny habits, but what they always talk about is starting small and then scaling, right? right. So almost like the tiny to ten x kind of piece. And you mentioned about the fact that you know where perhaps even when you didn't have the physical strength required for doing some of those things that you had to do at the gym and you know the ragra and everything else. Um, and you said that at the time when you were in your shower stall, you would start doing two push, two, pull-ups, two pull-ups. Right, two pull-ups. And then eventually you start scaling that up to the extent that you, in the end, actually topped your batch. Right? right.
1: So, how was that? So, uh, tiny habits now, of course, uh, you know, uh, we learn all these things. I wish I had atomic habits to help me at that stage, but maybe I stumbled onto this fact, or right. probably there was no other alternative. Right. It right. was not wisdom. Yeah. But what I tried was, tried to break everything down to the very basics. Right. So mm. le mm. let's do two pull-ups. Mm. Alright, I can't do after uh, I'm gasp- gasping and huffing and puffing. Right. So let's do two at one time, then yeah. do, then do another two. Yeah. Which became pretty simple. True and then you had no idea when it moved from there to something else. So true. And it wasn't just about the physicals, it was yeah. about everything. Yeah. In the NDA they used to Tell us, for example, you know, your squad commander would line you up and right. all the young guys right. and his fancy uniform, you'd be mm. standing there and telling you, Look guys, cross country is nothing. He's mm. talking about running 15 kilometers. <laughs> you never run in your life. <laughs> right. And he says, it's just one foot. Mm. Then you put the next mm. one. and Then you put the next one. Mm. But so true. At the end of it, if you look at it, whether you look at an Olympian, correct. that's what he's doing. correct, And it's both here yep. as well as yeah More yeah. yeah yeah agreed you know
0: the interesting thing is i think it's a lesson that's been forgotten and needs to be retaught to a lot of people because Absolutely. today the entire thought process become you know go big or go bigger right so that entire thing of you know taking those tiny steps moving towards your goal i mean the youth of today unfortunately is kind of you know become one which looks for real quick results mm-hmm. And they really want to come out like too bad without ever, you know, held a bat before. And even facing a quick bowler like, you know, like, I don't know, like a Brett Lee or something and score a century. It's not possible. I think you have to get in the nets first, you have to hone up your skills and then you actually do it. But you're right. I mean, uh, you know, if you look back at, you know, even our paths, uh, it's exactly what happened. We started small and we kept, you know, with incremental uh, steps, you know, building it up to come to where we are.
1: See, uh, it's like uh, looking at a goal and thinking that's the plan. That's just the goal. Agreed. It's like looking at a rose, and you know, wishing the rose bush to grow (laughs) won't happen. Yeah. So, because the goal uh, for reaching the goal, you have to find out the steps, and thereafter, each one of the steps has to be broken down into something smaller. Of course. And then you walk those. So, uh, Gaurav, I think sometimes when I look at the, I know you're a trainer. You're a certified trainer, right? But a lot of trainings, mm-hmm. what they are telling people are these three golden steps. Mm-hmm. Do this one, two, mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you these trainings help you. Because you walk out of such a training feeling, wow, right. I've got the key. Mm-hmm. Right? And here you are going on this path, taking your Chota-Chota steps. Correct. But you take a diversion. Right. Takes you nowhere. Yep. Come back. Yeah. And then you resolve, no.
0: Mm-hmm. I will
1: take my Chota Chota steps. Till mm. you see the next diversion. Right. Unfortunately, right. if you don't look at these diversions and you realize that the tried and tested method, right. the right. center of the bell curve, which uh, which always works, correct, and which is just that, yeah, do simple, simplify things to the level which you can do, you can handle, whatever that level be, whether it yeah. big, small, pool cap, mm. and keep doing that repetitively. And if you make a mistake, the world will tell you. Yeah. I mean in this universe, life will tell you.
0: Of course. And very, very important to be open to feedback, of course, and you know, and, exactly. and then act and continue to course correct. I think that's that's the key here. In because fact, there will be distractions,
1: right? There will be distractions, there will be failures, but now one literally has come to that uh, stage after so many years of foolishness where you in won't say invite failures, but you feel very happy when you fail. Right. All you as they say is fail fast. As Mm. quickly as you can. Correct. And fail small so that you don't break yourself. Correct. But falling is well fine. It's only telling you, hey, that last step which you took. Correct. Need to take a look at that again. That's about it. Mm.
0: Yeah, and two other things that really stood out. And again, for someone who was possibly a backbencher, last of the class, you then go to the IMA and, of course, a a lovely facility which I visited uh, and stayed a couple of nights in as well. You are the president's gold medal. Uh, winner from the uh, you know the IMA as well, and then you also do a stint at IIT Kanpur, and uh, you end up with a ten on ten CPI there as well. <laughs> so I mean, were people who had perhaps at some point um, you know doubted your abilities were they like blown away? Like how is this you know, really happening for you? Like what was what was the commentary that you were hearing from the the disbelievers? Uh, you know, or the the guys who were kind of you know, not really.
1: You know, all uh, in one thing. I w- I would say I've been very fortunate. Uh, my wife blames me for it, but I don't listen to anybody, mm. <laughs> and she certifies it daily that mm. you don't listen to me. <laughs> so I don't really bother about what others say. You know, yeah. go do your thing. Yeah. For me, uh, uh, most humbly, success is when I get the feeling I've done what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and often it happens that the rest of the world is telling you that uh, you know you done a great thing but inside you know you failed in this right so the uh, iit was very simple i loved being at the iit it was totally different atmosphere mm-hmm. from the military right yeah you right. had these butterflies in the in your stomach sure. because you said all these young brilliant guys you know iit everybody talks about it right. and here yeah, uh, yeah. you know right. friends sunil <laughs> yeah uh, you know coming from the army right and uh, we had studied in the military uh, the College of Military Engineering mm-hmm. and one had huge doubts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abhi, as they say in Indie you know, the I'm a, you always feel like an imposter. Yeah. Do I even yeah. belong there? Yeah. But again the realization was the same. One is if you enjoy doing whatever you're doing, Correct. if that's your start point, Correct. you'll figure out a way. Yeah. And if that way you right. can sort of hold yourself back from trying to make a single leap to wherever you want to get to. Sure, and do whatever people are telling you mm. you know most of the time what we are trying to do is discover a new way yeah. know, disrupt yep. well yep. fantastic disruption yep. is there Correct. but 99.99% of the things which you are doing somebody's already done so look back and you'll find a thousand reasons Yeah. rather for examples so
0: true and in fact I loved what you mentioned about uh, you know a conversation with the wife and there's something else that you refer to a lot which I use a lot in, in some of my conversations as well where I say don't don't sweat the small stuff, right? And that works with everyone, um, apart from the wife. Because if I tell her, <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff, uh, you know, then I'm basically in another bedroom for the next three days <laughs> until she says, are you ready to now mend your ways? So, <clears throat> yeah, I love that one as well. Don't talk
1: about impossible <laughs>
0: challenges. <laughs> yeah, so then, of course, uh, you know, you're making your way uh, into uh, the forces and I think 27 and a half year stint. And I'm sure you've had like, some amazing you know, experiences. And, and truly, like since this is the smashed, bashed, Yet not dashed, you know, podcast. Uh, would any experiences from the forces really stand out in your mind? You know, something that happened over those years where you said, boss, you come," but you know, you said, okay, I can't give in, I need to pursue, uh, persevere, and then come through. So, any instances that stand out? Uh, one
1: thing about the armed forces was that uh, you learned that no two days were the same, you were always doing something new, right? So, uh, and uh, you know. If you live in the armed forces, you actually realize how tumultuous the world is. You know, we went through the northeast insurgency, and mm-hmm. I got commissioned. It was the Punjab insurgency, mm-hmm. so got launched into the Punjab insurgency. Right. And being from the Corps of Engineers, mm-hmm. our job was to you know remove IEDs and to sort of you know remove mines and right. all of the kind of stuff. Right. right. I was lucky in the sense that I got to see a lot of that, and uh, unfortunately also got to see all the you know civilian loss of life Again. which took place. Again. So, yeah, I will not really call it exciting. It was a very disturbing. Mm. You know, you felt disturbed because mm. after that I went to the Northeast. In fact, landed up in all three insurgencies, including in the NK. Gosh. Yeah, but uh, the other uh, uh, I think there are so many instances which one can talk about. Right. But, uh, you know, one thing which I remember, uh, there are incidents galore but I remember this funny one. You know, uh, so I had gone to the United Nations, and this was in a country called the Democratic Repo- Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm, there are two of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one is called DRC. Right. And this country has been uh, war torn since mm-hmm. years, yeah. since the sixties yeah. when the Indian Army had also gone there. Correct. To the UN. Yeah. Correct. And here I was. I was in one of the team sites. Our job was to keep the. I was on the rebels' side. Mm-hmm. So half the country was occupied by rebels, correct, and the and the balance half was with the government
0: forces, correct.
1: And our job was to sort of you know uh, observe them, and uh, if you went beyond the brief, also try to keep them separate. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of uh, you know stuff happening. One of these days, there was some uh, something which happened, and these guys came running, and then they said there is this huge bomb, which has been found at so and so place. So, well, I went there, and whilst I was expecting a bomb, I thought huge means a bomb. Correct. So a massive thing about this big, it was there, and it was, uh, you know, and they said, they looked at me, Ki abhi kya karna? <laughs> and <laughs> okay. I actually didn't have a clue. So, anyhow, so uh, since I understand a little bit about explosives, mm-hmm. so I, uh, you I know, examined it, blah blah, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in my wisdom, I said, Ki, yeah, mm. Uh, move it to a safe area, and uh, this is how you move it. Right. And blah blah blah. Right. And after that, it'll be this thing. Right. They said, Kaha move kare mm. I said, you know, I just laughed. Right. I said, our mission. We were staying in a mission. Right. I said, right. move close to that. Mm. We'll take care of it. Mm. So next morning, so I used to get up pretty early there, about 4:30, 5 in mm-hmm. the morning. Mm-hmm. And after my first coffee of the day, right. I used to go take a Right. Bath was actually a bath tub with a you know a pipe attached to it. Got it. I had created my own uh, you know shower there, uh-huh. and it was three sided like this, and you had to stand there and take a take a bath. Correct. Because for miles there was nothing. Of course. Right. So I went there and half you we were half asleep at the time, and I got in and I started that, and here I am. And then I put my hand there, and there was something unexpected. So I looked there, and right there they placed the bath. So, taking this bath along with the <laughs> <job>. <laughs> oh, damn. So, uh, oh, in boy. fact, uh, that country was something. Because mm-hmm. I remember another occasion when I went to a certain area, mm-hmm. and suddenly found the Russian mines all around. Mm-hmm. Because they had placed them at uh, some particular time. And right. thereafter, the things changed and nobody ever moved. Them. Right,
0: right.
1: So, uh, as I said, the important thing is that, uh, you know, you were doing something new, something exciting, and you're right. always, always doing something for a reason right. which kept you going.
0: going yeah, That became exciting. your motivator and it kept you inspired. And of course you talk about this uh, bridge that was uh, the impossible bridge to build <laughs> and it was in the northeast yeah. and uh, everyone said it couldn't be done and um, I even heard about parts where you said that the water was so cold that you could actually only spend you know, 15-20 minutes in the water, then you have to come out, kind of defrost and then go back in again. <clears throat> so, what makes you take up challenges like these, which everyone says, ho sakta, it's not possible, but still you jump into it and, and make those things happen. Uh, what really do you think are your drivers
1: on that one? It's like poking somebody, you know, whose trigger is not mm. You know, uh, that bridge, I remember uh, when we built it. So, building it was extremely challenging. And it was used to be minus seventeen, minus twenty in those days. And when you get inside water that cold, right. it seems as you're, as if you know somebody is actually it's physical pain which you feel. Right, right. And to work in that yeah. requires a lot of but once again, being a leader, you're doing it along with your men. Right. The thing is probably they are there inside longer than you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we managed to get it done. In fact, even now, we're doing an infantry assault bridge. Just because it doesn't exist.
0: Okay. We said, if it's not,
1: it's Why can't this be done? Okay. So, we're doing it for the Indian Army as part of the making it
0: thing. Awesome. Well done. Good stuff. And of course, you know, once uh, your stint in the forces is, is coming to an end, uh, you decide that now it's it's time to look at you know the corporate um, side of things. How was that for you? How was the transitionary period? And was there ever, uh, you know, times where you doubted your decision to you know venture down that path
1: in fact that i would say was a really uh, scary thing in the beginning mm-hmm. you know because the unknown scares you mm-hmm. not scary probably in the shivery kind of a thing but yes you didn't know what is going to happen because you had for 27 long years you'd been out from the regular correct corporate world correct and you didn't know you had notions about it yeah and uh, on top of that, I had this feeling that I wanted to do something of my own. Right. Now, getting a job was one thing, but doing something of your own. Right. So I drew this table, I remember, mm-hmm. read up my Keller and Kotler mm-hmm. and did try to do a, you know, five forces analysis on mm-hmm. whatever ideas mm-hmm. I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I actually, uh, you know, the way I learned was by falling flat into practically every pit <laughs> right. there was. Right which is not the best way to learn. Yeah. So in hindsight, yeah. I very strongly feel that if I had, you know, probably spent a couple of years right. learning about this, mm. you know, there would have been, uh, you know, I would have avoided some of those pitfalls. Agreed. But uh, the positive was that once again, I got into those areas which excited me. Yeah. So I've never sort of had this uh, kind of passion, ki, you know, not, you have to make so much money. Right. I, I feel that money is always an outcome. Mm-hmm. If you build something of value, yeah. the money naturally mm-hmm. follows. True. So uh, I got into software, it was very tough in the beginning, mm-hmm. but since you wanted to do it, right. 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 so you were engaged in it. That. The same went for uh, the solar thing and the counter terrorism and counter ID. That, of course, was easier right. right. that was my field. Agreed. And the same with Brisk Olive. Olive has been a sort of, you know, post-soldiering uh, passion of mine. Yeah. That when you come out, you know, what do you do with all the soldiers who came out like me, you know, without any idea about the, the second life. Yeah. So, uh, I think, what I feel is for entrepreneurship, once again, this is my personal instinct. One of the most important things is, if you're focused upon, uh, not upon succeeding, but on delivering value to whosoever you're working for. So true. Because every company is doing that. So true. Right? Yeah, it's so simple, so true, so true but you and I know uh, most of the time you're getting distracted by so much other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if you talk to somebody and he says that, you know, I really work for my customers, I work for my product, blah, blah, blah. You say, fine. Hey, tell me last week, did you work on it? Last week was too busy. Mm. All right, the week before that. Well, that's, that's how life passes. True. If it's yeah. your focus, yeah. then you would focus upon it. Do okay. focus upon it. It becomes very easy if you like it. So
0: true. Yeah. No, indeed. And um, I think once, uh, and, and, the, and the conversation that I've had with a lot of people who've, you know, left um, the services, uh, be it the Army, Navy, uh, or the Air Force, and then tried to come into the corporate world, a lot of them have just struggled with ethics, uh, with integrity. Uh, with values, because the forces bring you up in a particular way and you have a particular standard and when you're supposed to come out and, you know, like, conform, um, it's, it's hard because a lot of people walk away, say, this is not what, you know, I've been brought up as, uh, this is not the standards that, you know, are there. And, uh, you know, hence the really struggle, so.
1: But if you, if you look back again, the point is, it's like uh, coming out of, let's say, air and jumping into water. And expecting that whatever you did there will mm. apply exactly to the water. Right. You know, I don't really believe, I am I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. And I believe in people. And again and again you see that faith in people is somehow, it's always proven true. So are we saying that people are only ethical in the armed forces? No, mm. certainly not. People mm. are ethical outside too. Of course. But the context is totally different. Right. So let me give you an example, in the army, you know, if somebody tells us to shoot the enemy, we'll shoot him, it will not be an ethical issue for us because we understand the reasons. So when I'm out there in the corporate and if I'm competing with my, with the other company, of course, I'm not going to shoot him. But yeah, it is wisdom. He's a competitor like like that enemy of mine. He's not an enemy, of course. I'm not going to do something unethical. coming out from the armed forces, sometimes you make the mistake of assuming things to be unethical right. when they're not really so. Yeah. So I'm sorry if I'm you know sort of rubbing some feathers the wrong way, mm. but that's a fact. Yeah. Right? Yeah. and once we understand that, right? Once we understand that hey, my own parents are civilians, they're not true bodies. True that my kids are civilians. True that. So are they unethical people, mm. you know, out to uh, mm. you know doing all the wrong things? No. Mm. If they are great, then it's not too much of an uh, imagination leap to assume that everybody else is okay too. So let me try to figure out why they're working in this manner. And that then forces, then you suddenly realize that you have so much to learn. When you come from the armed forces, you don't know anything about sales. Mm -hmm. Marketing, it's a word. Mm. Finance. Uh, well, uh, you know, I could write, I've written a book, but I could write another one mm-hmm. on the number of people mm-hmm. or on, on the various ways mm-hmm. in which the armed forces people or ex-soldiers have lost money. Because that's how little you understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, legal stuff, you do not. And mm-hmm. most of all, it's the domain. You know, you understand the military domain. Correct. So you might be a great project leader. Correct. But can you say that I'll be a great project leader in steel or you run the Gaurav other Academy. Yeah. So, uh, soldiers or you know, military people are very good trainers. Good. But if you come out and set up your uh, academy, yeah. you think you're going to succeed? No, probably not. There is so much, it, that is too much of a simplification. Correct. It's an assumption that right. all these people outside, whatever they have spent years learning, doesn't need to be learned because we know it already. That's not true. There is, in fact, uh, I have spent about 14 years in uh, this thing, and I'm very candid. Probably, you know, because I started at yeah. uh, you know entrepreneurship at 46, right? So people would have forgotten more than I would probably ever learn. There is just so much, mm-hmm. and I'm I actually really admire people outside because in the military, entrepreneurs outside, or you know, because in the military. You're given this lot to lead, right? Right. And of course, if you're great leaders, wonderful. Mm. But in the, uh, I mean, even if you lack somewhere, well, that guy is, you know, he's paid to follow your command. Right. Outside, nobody cares. So to set up a company, an organization outside, and to be able able to lead this young bunch, you know, who think that there's nobody smarter than them Mm. in this world. And... Most of the time, it's true too. Not easy. <laughs>
0: yeah. it takes a lot of doing. Yeah, yeah. So, another quote of yours that I really loved was the fact where you spoke, uh, you know, of uh, the Indian Armed Forces being, you know, fairly, uh, um, you know, someone who can't be beat. And you said, A, because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And the other fact is that we're always looking out for each other. You know, and that never-say-die attitude is there. So, have you carried that into the corporate world as well?
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, if uh, if you walk into my company, Brisk mm-hmm. uh, College, mm-hmm. uh, I won't say that it looks like a fogy output. We have a lot of ex-military guys, right. but we have a lot of other people. Right, and you know it moves you, it humbles you when you see them doing things. You know, for which in the armed forces we used to call it, you know, going beyond the call of duty. Right. Outside, I would call it going beyond, you know, whatever you are expected to do in the job. Right. You know, frankly, I'm not paying them that much for right. that particular thing. Right. I'm not paying them to stay up nights. Of course. Now, uh, I'll give you an example. So, we the, the bridge project mm-hmm. which we're doing, mm-hmm. this got allotted to us uh, end of Feb. And around the 8th, 7th or 8th of March, uh, sorry, I'm getting months wrong, mm-hmm. because, uh, Janet it was Jan and 7th or 8th of Feb, they called us. And they said, look, you have to put it up in the defense expo. Now, the Defence Expo was on the 8th of March. Wow! So, the day I was told about it, it was just about 30 days. Off. Yep, yep. And then, since your equipment has to move at least a week in advance, that right. gives you something like 20 days. And they are asking you to make something for which you have been allotted 12 months. So, at least a prototype. Mm. And these last three weeks, the Def Expo, of course, got postponed. Right, going on. But I don't think my entire team was looking at the bridge part of it. They have not taken any Sunday off, any Saturday off, wow. right? And they've been added. So that's what I call team, yeah. team spirit. Yeah. So a team, you know, uh, in the military, we used to have this, the way you used to judge people was different. So when we, we would have a run, you guess when the timing would be taken. It is not when the first guy crosses the line, right. it's when the last guy crosses. So where do you think the focus is? Mm. On crossing yourself, not carrying the weakest guy along. Yeah, the latter. So That's why I say the Indian army will never be beat mm. right. And second, of course, standing on the shoulders of giants, I think that's the same as when we uh, spoke about, you know, taking baby steps right. or following the <coughs> basics. Right. There are so many people before you who have already laid out the basics for you. True that. And if you, uh, you know, once again, as you said, impatient minds right. would like to take the leap. Yep. If you first look at what has been done, right? If you, you know, uh, learn from those giants, because in every field you'll find giants, okay. right? Okay. Some of them would, you know, they would be in the books. Right. Some of them are around us as we speak to. Yes. Yep. You know, when I came out, like, you know, you are the one, one of the people I frankly admired. Because uh, uh, perhaps you know about it. Uh, when people talk about focus, they say bhagat I don't know whether you're this. <laughs> but so uh, if I would, so I have this funny habit, uh, this thing that I I have uh, you know role models, but a number of my role models don't know that they are my role models. Right. I would look at something, right. and I would say, fantastic, Tony yep. Robbins, you know. The way he presents something, the way he carries the audience that. is phenomenal. Agreed. Well, fine. Tony Robbins, <laughs> boss, you're mm. my role model. Mm. If I get the opportunity to meet mm. you well, yeah. if I don't, well, it doesn't right. matter. I can still learn from you. And I have this, my own gallery of role models that I look at okay. and on whose shoulders I love to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I truly believe that that is the way to go about it. Like, even when I. Ventured into the sales training space. Um, I just looked for who was the best in the world, and of course it was Grant Cardone. And I said, if you're looking to climb Mount Everest, you're going to follow the path of someone who's already done that before. You're not going to try and do it a whole different way. So you want to do base camp one, two, three, four, Hillary steps, and and hit the top. And then you find who's the best in the business. And of course, you know, Grant was was the person who I gravitated towards. <clears throat> Selling is something I'd always done. You know, ever since I was like six. And of course, we trained with him. And it's, it's worked out brilliantly. When people we work with, the organization that we work with, and they're like, where is this coming from? I said, A, it's, it's obviously Grant's content, his IP. But it's also our experiences. Because, you know, we've been through it. I mean, I started my first company with 10,000 rupees drawn on credit card. Right? But the point is, I mean, all the dips that have happened, all the, you know, rises that have happened, and all the wins and losses along the way, they empower us. And I think that's what we bring back, uh, you know, to everyone as well. And
1: so, you know what okay. I, I believe? As you said, so rightly said, if you set your sights or if you set your mentor or role model there, yeah. even if you get to 10 or 20% of him, yeah. will you somewhere. And secondly, beyond a point, you don't really know at which point Grand Pardon stops and gaurav Bhagat begins. You know, it's very difficult to separate the two. Of course. But if you try to be, if your focus is just to be gaurav Bhagat or Sunil Grade, I think that's pure ego. Agreed. Agreed. And if you can sort of curb your ego, I think it's extremely important for everybody in life in general. Yeah. But certainly, certainly very important for an entrepreneur Mm. because as an entrepreneur, yeah, it's people you are dealing with. So true. Your own employees. Right. Your vendors. Your clients. Yeah. And at that point, if you can control your ego, right. So true. And think about them Mm. also when you are learning, of course. Yeah. Learning, I think, is surrender. Yeah. It's an acceptance of the fact that I do not know. Right. Tell me something. Right. But if you start that with this attitude, oh, I already heard this. Mm. You know. Yeah. Then you shut yourself down.
0: And of course, uh, listeners uh, and viewers, I hope you're enjoying this. And, and here's a gentleman who, when he opened, opened with the phrase that, oh, I don't have too much to give you in terms of wisdom, uh, just a little experience. And I, I told you, right? It's, it's, it's the humility of this man. I mean, he is, again, one of the... The finest gentleman I have met in in many many years, and I've met a lot of people, and um, it's it's just you know who he is, and his his standard that he sets is is so so high, and uh, you know truly I think this is probably just going to be the first of, of several conversations, and hopefully you know I will be able to host you on you know stages and other places in due course as well, because it's just been 40 minutes of uh, you know nonstop uh, education, so and I'm sure everyone's really going to love this as absolutely well. Absolutely
1: <laughs> truthful when I said that I've been into every sort of, you know, pitfall that I could find mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, I think it's very important. Because nothing can teach you the pain or tell you about the pain of a fall than actually falling yourself. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm an extremely strong believer of setting yourself up for a fall. So when you want to do something new, so uh, you are venturing into the unknown. In any case, there is nobody. There to guide you. That's exactly why you are confused. Right. So set yourself up to fall. Right. Yeah. Only thing is make sure don't break too many bones. Yeah. But if you get hurt, bruised, mm. which in financial terms could mean that you lose a little bit of money. Right. Lose some face. Right. Some bad, bad publicity. Yeah. Well, that's the price you need to pay for the. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So in fact, as we
0: come to a concluding piece, maybe the last five seven minutes, uh, we have a lot of listeners who are very young um you know many of them are uh, at colleges and uh, you know even some in school and some of my um, children's friends follow the podcast as well and they are as young as you know 15 and 12 also so your advice to the youth of today who is considering a career in the forces what would be your advice uh, to them well
1: i think uh, you know there are a lot of uh, people out there who are dealing with this issue that is you know they are guiding like one of my interviews was with uh, Jyashm, mm-hmm. and he has taken up this mission in life mm-hmm. that is to guide people, uh, you know, who want to get into the armed forces. Right, like anything else, my first thing would be: if you want to get into the armed forces, figure out first that you really want to get in. It's a very different life, right. you know. Right. Don't figure out after you landed up, Array, this was not the place for me." True that. Because the armed forces is a different world. You want to be in the corporate? Yeah. Fantastic. You yeah. want to be in the armed forces fantastic mm. second thing it's the armed forces is looking for people a certain kind of people right. right right they're not looking for you know people who want to be entrepreneurs or who have this uh, i would i dare say and you know a particular innovative bent of mind sure. they're looking for people who uh, you know are let's say uh, good leaders. They have mm-hmm. the metal mm-hmm. of being good leaders mm-hmm. because the armed forces is about leading men right. and thereafter being good managers, of course. Right. Because apart from your men, there is a lot of technology, there is right. a lot of all of that stuff which right. is there. Right. But that human element is extremely important in the armed
0: forces. That.
1: The third thing is, I've yet to come across uh, somebody who became a billionaire whilst he was in the armed forces. Mm. So it's not money you're looking for. Mm. But yeah. then, this uh, important thing is also there, this, yeah. this truth, that most of the greatest things in this world are free. Right. The kind of camaraderie yeah. which you will yeah. get there, yeah. the kind of, you know, that uh, uh, respect which people have for you because True. of your capabilities, True. it's difficult to imagine that. Yeah. And the kind of, shall we say, when you're a leader, right. you know, it literally gives you a high yeah. what your team is ready to do for mm-hmm. you. And you likewise for them. Right. And in the armed forces, our brief is very simple. Mm. It's basically to ensure that our country is kept safe from internal as well as external challenges. Right. 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 And I'm deliberately putting the internal one. It is not that internal. These of course. Days the armed forces have changed. Yeah. Not necessarily, as you've seen, you know, Russia going against uniform. Mm. That happens once in thirty mm. or forty years, probably mm. in Europe after the yep. Second World. war. True that. But it is a very unstable. It is. and that's the role of the armed forces yep. to support the government uh you know in uh, sort of keeping the country strategically independent right, right? right. and uh helping the com- country yep. move in the direction these days it is economical right, right? right. To help the com- uh, the country achieve their aims and should there be a need for uh, you know soft military action or hard military action that's what the armed forces are for no, i grateful for that, and like I
0: said, uh, you know, also thankful for the fact that you know we haven't really seen a major war since '71 um, now, and uh, because I mean, for our parents' generation, there was uh, strife, there was uh, tension, there was um, a lot of uncertainty, and uh, you know, thankfully, that's not happened you know, in our generation. And fingers crossed, it stays that way. But it's, yeah. it's thanks to the the wonderful uh, you know people uh, right. such as yourself. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm so proud of our armed forces. I think that'll never go. I have a little bit of OG in my blood now. Mm, mm. It's not just the armed forces, the Indian armed forces. Right. When we landed up in the United Nations, right. I remember one of the guys telling us there, you guys are different. I said how? I said, I don't know how, but you guys are different. Mm. And we got told this again and again. Mm. Whether I was in Australia or whether I was, you know, in the UN or right. whether I was elsewhere. Right. You know, the armed forces take you a lot of places. Right. The Indian Army somehow has built up this ethos. Right. My uh, you know, apologies, not the army. The Indian Army, Navy, Air Force, the sure. Indian Armed Forces. Sure, sure, Right? They have this beautiful ethos, you know, which I think has transcended time. Right. Since independence, you feel very proud that this is one organization which is, you know, always seemed to deliver and mm-hmm. people have so much of faith in mm-hmm. it. And I think that faith is not misplaced at all. So true. Couldn't
0: agree more. Couldn't agree more on that. Right, and, you know, one other uh, piece of advice, of course, it's been a really hard couple of years. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have seen, uh, you know, tumultuous, uh, you know, um, two years during the pandemic as well. So your advice to people who were kind of uh, finding it difficult to bounce back, um, you know, people who sort of even given up because there have been many uh, saying that my priorities have changed and what mattered to me pre-pandemic doesn't matter anymore. And even though sometimes it's, you know coaches, trainers, motivators we you know kind of come in and say, "Hey, you know what, the pity parties it's over, it's time to get back, but they've just given up from within. What would you advise to them?
1: It's actually very, very simple advice because Gaurav, you me, everybody else, we are just playing this game mm-hmm. you know everybody knows I am a little closer to it, so probably uh, you know it's not that, but I've always believed this right from uh, as a kid too that uh, you know. Each one of us knows that we will die one of these days. Whatever wealth we accumulate, whatever accomplishments we have, you know, these days we have even the videos showing us a time lapse kind of thing, sure, right. or a you know a distance lapse thing of where we are right. as humanity. Forget right. about us as human beings. Right. So if we, if that's what's going to happen to us anyways, way. right? Mm. Why be afraid of it? Sure. If you're talking about COVID. Well, fine, it took so many of us, so many of my close friends, I'm okay. sure yours too. Okay. So that can happen to anybody. Why yeah. worry about it? That's the worst that can happen. Anything okay. else is much lesser than that. Okay. But because of that, you know, it'd be saying that I won't do anything is like saying that I'm not going to play this game of cricket or this game of football <laughs> because I might get hurt mm. or I might lose. Mm. Yeah. Is that yeah. logic? No. You live your life as the Gita says it. That's what we are. We are beings of energy. The only difference between a stone and me is that I move, the stone doesn't. Sure. And since I'm a human being, I have this brain to lead me on, I move in a certain a, a direction which okay. I decide. All right. And just because I feel that I'll get hurt or maybe frankly even not get anywhere, right. so I refuse to move. Mm. Then there's no difference between a stone
0: mm. and you. Sorry. Golden yes. nuggets, golden nuggets of wisdom, uh, you know, completely. And 28 or 29 episodes now in. And I think we haven't ever had some uh, someone who's come on with, you know, such powerful shares. And we've had Grant Cardone and, and you know, Richard Dolan and a whole bunch of, you know, amazing people. And I think today it just, it just went to a different level. And if you were here in this room, you know, watching this one live, um, you would truly see, okay, um, you know, the, the energy and, you know, everything else that's really shining through out of, uh, you know, this amazing person who's here. So concluding question, and that would just be but what
1: very kind: of <laughs> words. Thank you. Uh,
0: what is your why, your purpose? I mean you know as you said, you're never going to look at you know just fading into the light, you are going to go you know burning bright. that really is uh, you know your, your motto um, so what really is your why, your driver, your purpose, as we speak today?
1: So I feel that each one of us has been given something it's not coincidence, I think that you look at everybody's fingerprint, it is different, right? And the thing probably most of us miss is, I think if you go back, let's say the last 100,000 years, right. the fingerprints of each person who is still not here, who is not here in this mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. any longer is also yeah. different. Right. That's the amount of massive variety which we have amongst human beings. Right. And since we are, you know, we are human, that's... That's what separates us mm-hmm. from things which are inanimate. Mm-hmm. We are animated by something. Right. We need to figure out what we are animated by. Yeah. And I think we've been given certain capabilities. True that. So if we can strive towards those capabilities mm. and whatever we want to do in this life, mm. I think you have in that striving, if you get somewhere, somewhere fantastic, it's a lovely milestone, you can come and talk about it. But even if you don't, I think the striving is extremely, extremely important yeah. because again, it's not coincidence that people on their deathbed, yeah. when they're asked, yeah. you know, most of them do not rue yeah. what they did not achieve. Yeah. They rue not having tried. Yeah. So that's uh, to me, an adventure is an adventure mm. when it's happening. You enjoy mm. it while it's, it's happening, even when yeah. you're getting hurt, yeah. even when you're doing badly in business. Right. So frankly, even in this, even in the COVID time, we were saying to ourselves, well, fantastic. My wife and I, you know, we just started the company okay. and we registered. We registered the company on 23rd of August, 2019, oh. started working in January. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we were so happy. We got an order book, a lovely order book right. by, I think 18th of March. And, we were sitting and 20th, the lockdown came. Yeah. So uh, I looked at my wife, she looked at me, we actually laughed yeah. and we said, uh, let's, so you know, she had told me that I give one year, no? so <laughs> let's take one year in this. If one about successful, fantastic, fantastic. Otherwise, mm. it's I mean, mm. okay. So. so we were telling one another, probably we'll have to extend that one year to two. Correct. You know, Correct. because this is uh, unforeseen. Yeah. So yeah. That's
0: why. Love that. Truly, I think I agree with that. So life is an adventure and we're going down fighting. So there Absolutely. is no other way. There is no other way. So no other way. So, yeah. That's lovely. right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so very much. And like I said, uh, you know, we look forward to doing this again. And um, where can everyone reach out to you? Uh, So where where would be a good place to find you, um, reach out to you on on LinkedIn or certain other places? Of course, I'll be happy to put your links in the recordings of the podcast and the uh, the YouTube video as well. But just for our listeners uh, and viewers, uh, anywhere where they can find you?
1: I'm on LinkedIn. So Sunil Prem. And uh, if somebody wants to reach out to me on email, that is sunil.prem at riskcollect.com. That's where I am. And uh, I'm very bad at WhatsApp, so no point sharing my mm. uh, mobile number and all. Sunil.prem at or LinkedIn. I think these okay. are
0: Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. And um, great to have you here. And looking forward to hosting you again at the Academy sooner rather than later. Be my pleasure once again. Thank you. Thank you.